0: Now is the time. Hey, this is Drew here with my best friend, Derek. Oh, hi. Hi. That's it today. Uh, Ashley is on a solo mission. So... It's just the X2 of us, if you catch (laughs) my trips. Reunited. I do. Enough of those. Um, New release is a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Episode 161. Not bad. Woot, woot. Yeah. Hell yeah. We're steadily uh, plugging along. It just keeps going up and up. I guess that's how numbers work. Numbers yeah mm-hmm. which what number are you most looking forward to in in the coming weeks
1: uh coming weeks the one yeah one yeah <laughs> I
0: guess I I thought you might pick that one um but I didn't even I didn't even mean uh to uh, phrase it that way nevertheless <laughs> since this is a time traveling podcast in our um pilot our time traveling uh, navigator is off on our own this week. Derek, you're going to have to let me know where the heck we are in time and space this week.
1: Oh, shit. Uh, Let me check a a newspaper stand really quick. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, May 2nd, 2003.
0: Oh, wow. It's kind of the start of summer season, at least for movies. Oh, yeah. And um I do have some breaking news. Uh, we don't normally do this. Uh, we don't normally forecast the weather from um, twenty years previous on the podcast, but I have a feeling that we, the the entire country, is about to be experiencing some very dramatic um, twister action for the next week or so. So prepare yourselves, batten down the hatches. Um, be really careful. Uh, in the Plains, states, Oklahoma, Alabama, et cetera, because um, we have some dangerous weather coming your way.
1: And we're breaking the space-time continuum right now. So brace yourself
0: for that, too. Yeah, that could be a factor. (laughs) Never been through anything like that in a million years. It's crazy. It was quite an experience to walk out here and see all the houses most demolished, except for mine.
1: It survived. It that was like a, I think a li- once in a lifetime event for a meteorologist to have that much significant tornado activity in one metropolitan area. Fifteen years ago, the biggest tornadoes in decades raged through the metro area and hit mainly north and west sides. Of-
0: so, All right. yeah. I mean, uh, not to start on a somber note, but uh, there was a historic um, tornado outbreak in May of. 2003 from the third um, so that would be tomorrow if you're listening to this on the day it's released through the 11th there were um, Derek you're really good at this why don't you take a guess at the number uh. of tornadoes during that span uh, we're talking eight days or so
1: the first number that comes to mind is one thousand and seven
0: one thousand.
1: Yeah, 1007. Sorry. That's why yeah. I'm so good with numbers. <laughs> you, uh, let's I mean, say 47.
0: Okay. Um well, it's somewhere in between there. You you really good at this game because you always like way overshoot it and make the impressive number sound less impressive, but um <laughs> if we go with the 47 number, then the actual number of 335 um Holy shit. Yeah, are I'm I'm assuming that's still a record. Um, as of present day, but, um, that was like the total number, 62 of them were significant. Um, 50 people died, 700 people were injured. So, um, the damage amounted to, um, $5.8 billion. Um, wow. so we're talking about, um, I guess that was adjusted for inflation, but, um, 4 billion at the time. So anyway, I, um, this, yeah historic um outbreak of that but um people have hopefully had time over the last 20 years that um, the survivors of that have had time to rebuild and life goes on life finds a way as they say um, unless you are um, no <laughs> i'm not even gonna make a mutant segue there uh anything um anything playing at the multiplex this week if so we can take cover from the the weather
1: yeah, so I'm looking at the the movie posters and I'm definitely sucked into uh what's very obvious to me an X-Men movie, X2. Yes, X-Men United.
0: Yeah, uh, what's on the poster? And a, a big old X.
1: <laughs> a big old X. This well the movie poster we're looking at here is yeah, it's a big old X and you can see Wolverine and Storm and uh, other small characters like uh, Cyclops, um, Doctor Xavier, uh, Magneto, etc.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that one blue one. This might be because of star power, but it's interesting that the top two, the largest characters, the top of the poster are Holly Berry and Hugh Jackman, and then mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily in order of they're in. Well, I don't know. It might be in order of favorite fan favorite characters to some degree as well but like it's not really the hierarchy of the mutants otherwise that would be the professor would be up there or um, magneto potentially so interesting choice there um none of that really matters because we really. love the X-Men and we're gonna see it
1: oh yeah all right so, so let's go uh we made an Ashley buy us tickets to yes she called in. On a landline, um, and gave her, Movie her credit card information. Yeah, and uh, they still had it uh, written on a piece of paper. So we're also going to grab some snacks on her credit yeah. card.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Rack it up. All I'm right. sure her credit card balance for um, <laughs> at this point in her life was was uh, really high, or her credit limit, I'm sure, was really high at this in 2003. <laughs> so let's let's see how All much right. we adjustment can spend. for inflation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Adjusted for inflation. All right. Let's go. They told us
0: to stay here. You always do
1: as you're told. On May second, it's
0: X. I'm
1: driving. Maybe next time. To the extreme.
0: Got a talent, you Somebody's angry. Why
1: don't we get uniforms?
0: on order it should arrive in a few years rated
1: pg-13 may 2nd only in theaters
0: Ah. okay yeah oh they show the cat at the end of the trailer
1: yeah wolverine yeah. well we just watched the movie but right
0: but, uh, but there's but a yeah, cat my
1: favorite, yes there's a cat in wolverine it licks wolverine's fucking sharp claws
0: which i'm pretty sure isn't in the movie Mm -mm. (laughs) Um,
1: it is not I don't think so anyway
0: it's so funny they like I did watch multiple trailers after the fact to um, pick one for your listening pleasure here and all of them end with that like silly shot of the cat at the end like as a funny like uh, stinger on the the trailer and now that I now that I think about it that wasn't even in the movie so false advertising (laughs) but there are plenty of yeah, there are plenty of other um mutant actions as advertised in this. Um do you wanna talk do you wanna start with any kind of background on um our history with X-Men or the characters? Like where does this where does X-Men fall on your personal comic book character um hall of fame? Like is it is it your favorite group of characters or or in the middle of the pack?
1: You know, there was uh, the the arcade game in yep. the early '90s, maybe mid '90s, and uh, at this place called Golfland, and it was always occupied. And whenever anybody left, somebody would jump right into the game. And luckily, I was able to to jump in and play, and got very much uh, into the. The video game and then also on tv when i was a kid uh watch the cartoon Yep, and yeah and then also i collected comic books as a kid and some of the cool coolest artwork uh was actually some of the x-men stuff so yeah i don't know you know the the lore and the you know the universe that in all of the character backgrounds and stuff but i know quite a bit and yeah um yeah, definitely up there. Okay. Yeah, I mean on the you know the fantasy superhero kind of interests. What about you?
0: Yeah, I I would say similar in the sense that neither of us are like um X-Men mythology experts. So, we can get that out of the way. For me, there's a clear leader uh, like the the comic books that I collected all of and even read like novelizations and had figures for were spider-man so spider-man and venom yeah. and carnage and like i really was into the spider-man villains as well so that that was my like geek out superhero um fandom but x-men it was always appealing because like yeah, at least in in cartoon form and in comic book form, the like colorful costumes. Obviously, we'll get into like what they had to do to make it, what they thought was a good idea to like, you know, downplay Wolverine's costume and and things like that in the movies because it's mm. so kind of like it's so loud and it might have looked super goofy. <laughs> um, you mentioned Gambit bef- uh, when we first got out of the theater, and he's not in yeah. this movie, but like that's a character they've been trying to work into the universe, into the movies for a long yeah. time, but throwing cards just seems silly in live action, I guess. Um, I, so yeah. I,
1: I can see it working really well. However, they just haven't done it yet. Yeah, but he'll probably have his own TV series or something in the future.
0: Oh yeah. He, he appears in like one of the Deadpool movies. I think he appears in like one of the many off like Wolverine movies they've introduced him it's just i think they haven't been able to kind of like make him as big of a character as he was in the in the comic books but but um at, at the timeline here what I, the main reason i was excited to go back in time and and watch this is because i wanted to see if i could remember um tap into a part of my brain that wasn't like jaded and um cynical about superhero movies like this Mm-hmm. The early aughts where this podcast is taking place this um this season, I feel like for me personally was mm, the most fun time to be a fan of superhero movies. Um yeah, we've had I'm a lot after you since then. just explained it. <laughs> Do what?
1: Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps oh, thinking about yeah. like just being around, you know, in two thousand three when this shit came out.
0: Yeah, well yeah, and how it's exciting like- it was it we i'm going to put the dark knight movies in a separate category but like i was a little and then we have the and then you have the early 90s batman movies where those were fun but i was more like around for when they got super goofy and and campy or like i was i was mm-hmm. like paying more attention as as an adult uh, or a young like teen when those came out and the, the arnold one and and stuff like those were kind of mocked um, and then of course we're both right. too young for like the Superman movies from, from the seventies, the Christopher Reeve movies. Um, However, so it's I like,
1: did watch those when I was sick. <laughs> yeah. I, was I mean, it's, it's but, yeah, all part yeah, of the,
0: yeah. it's all part of the trajectory to get us here. But for me, um, X-Men one comes out in 2000, Spider-Man mm-hmm. comes out in 2002 And then this comes out in 2003, and those those two franchises are like interwoven, like um for the next few years, and the first movie in the like modern Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man, doesn't come out till 2008. So I feel like this little window of time is when it just seems so cool to be able to see comic book characters in a movie. The technology had gotten good enough; the CG, the computer effects were um, not distracting. Like for Spider Man uh, swinging around, or the characters in this movie, like blowing shit up with fire. Um, Magneto's stuff is actually pretty cool. Um, The way all that's shown. I don't know. It was, it, it, this did transport me back to a time when I didn't, when I wasn't cynical and, and, and bored with superhero (laughs) movies. And that's what I was hoping. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know if you, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome um it it really just reminded me of being a young you know uh 13 or however young i was yeah 15 16 can you and remember seeing what yeah
0: oh i was just gonna say can you remember um how uh you know we just went back in time to watch it in theaters but can you remember whether you saw it in theaters or how you first saw it
1: uh i don't think i saw it in theaters um I definitely remember watching it on DVD as like an 18, 19 year old because my buddy just kept playing it on repeat basically. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I was very fascinated by the story, but and going back to kind of seeing, you know, the the evolution of these superhero movies on in film and live action film, it's, it, this took it very serious. I, I you know, Spider Man took it very serious as well. You know, there was blood. There's, you know, it's not this like colorful penguin and Iceman or whatever. Right, uh, Arnold. There was so it was, it was more like a gritty, yeah, and real. Um, and like you said, the the effects were mostly legit to where it was believable. So, I don't know if mm-hmm. I answered your question.
0: Oh, and and now I'm just. Even if I was adding the Batman the Christopher Nolan Batman movies into this timeline, that's two thousand five for Batman Begins. So all of these hit oh, before shit. that. Wow. Um and yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, I just thought I mean I, I was I was pleasantly surprised that it it did give me that that feeling to some degree. It's still kind of like I've been so bombarded and beaten down by like a million Marvel movies. I think we're up to like 30. This doesn't even really count in the main marvel universe because of weird rights issues and stuff and now they're gonna like bring the x-men into the main marvel movies supposedly in the next in the next phase so that'll be interesting but um but yeah this i i'm pretty sure this brought back memories of me seeing this in a theater for the first time and being really blown away just with the opening sequence when nightcrawler is um like teleporting Lord around the, the the White House. Um I've so got that was goosebumps just, yeah.
1: when you said that too, man. You're yeah. getting me goosebumps today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: that was that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it still holds up. Would you would you agree? Oh yeah. I think like, like one like or two the, the generated computer generated effects for the most part, because and a lot of this is practical too. Like that the makeup.
0: Oh yeah. We'll talk about the
1: insane.
0: Very practical. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> um, but but Nightcrawler as well. Yeah. Oh, practical. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, very formative. Um, for uh, whatever age we were formative. when this first came nice. out. Yeah.
1: Um, formative. Nice.
0: There, there were a couple like when um I think it's Colossus, the dude who like it's a, a just a jacked guy with his shirt off, but then like when he turns to <laughs> metal or whatever, that effect was like yeah. a cheesier version of um terminator so i mean like yeah they're yeah, they're yeah. trying to use their money stretch their money pretty far here like with this many characters with this many different powers um i do think one of the things that's coolest about um x-men over some of the other groups of superheroes or superheroes and villains is the range of like different powers it kind of taps into this sort of um if you were doing like a role playing campaign or something, you can like mm. go so many different directions with which powers you think are more interesting. Make Not that they're, they're not even, they don't even need to be balanced because like a Jean gray is a level five mutant is what I understand. Um Right. So they are, there is a hierarchy there, but it's just fun to see like they get to pick and choose from like, dozens and dozens of different mutants from the franchise for each movie and Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler was a new addition for this movie so when he shows up right at the beginning that's like super exciting yes and Beast is in here right Beast comes in um, so um, I once we got out of the theater for this movie I did fire up the third one um, uh, went back and went three more years into the future and and watched fifteen minutes of that. That's he, that movie starts with Beast, um, yeah, Kelsey Grammer playing him, and he's like uh, the Secretary of State for the for the White House. So right, advocating yeah. for the mutants. Yeah, yeah. Let's, it's
1: like I'm, you said, you know. there are just so many mutants that you can you know pull out of your out of their your sleeve in the X Men universe. It's I forget who is and who isn't in the film. Because there's just so many, and also they introduce uh, a bunch of younglings that don't necessarily that weren't necessarily in the comics as well. So um, let's let's go into what the 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 plot, yes, or the the story. Let's let's go ahead because I'm I'm interested to hear what you think about the overall overarching plot and kind of trajectory of the the film, how it starts, where it goes, and how it ends.
0: Yeah, I mean honestly, I think um by superhero movie standards it's the stakes are are pretty clear. I mean like in terms of like the character motivations, you actually are I'm going to get into the specifics, but like um just in a general sense, I thought it was pretty easy to follow in a good way and yeah. Basically yeah. what happens Agreed. is in all the, the in the whole franchise of X-Men, there's this this fear of course, from the general population about mutants. Some mutants, yeah. uh, most of the mutants that we spend the majority of the time with are good mutants led by Professor X, but they have, but their are kids or they're learning how to use their powers and then... How to control the powers, yeah. Yeah. And then also, just like, um in the mix of the general population of of non-mutants like you're going to get some bad you're going to get some bad kids in there um and if they have like yeah. pyrotechnic powers their little tantrums are going to be much more um dangerous than than you know um punks hanging out outside of the mall yeah <laughs> yeah um so i mean i mean it's the equivalent i mean you know kids can go on shooting sprees and and whatnot and do all sorts of horrible things. But it's rational. I think the the movie works on a thematic level because it's rational that humans would be afraid of mutants. Um, And you have this like tension between Professor X's way of doing things, which is to, um, you know, collaborate and form a try to like, extend an olive branch to the human population and make them not scared of mutants. And you have Magneto, the super villain who is like the other side of the, the coin. He thinks humans are weak and, and mutants are gods. Um, and that he would be fine with just wiping out, wiping out the humans and letting the superior, um, race or whatever you want to call it. Um, take power. So the, the plot basically revolves around this striker character um, who is a advisor to the White House and he is pulling strings on the in the background so that he can access um, magnetos, not magneto a- access Professor X's telepathic um, device that c- links him to all the mutants in in the world. Um, it's called cerebro. Um, so uh, professor X is doing it so that he can contact, you know, troubled youth or youth that are going through this very, um, uh, challenging, uncomfortable point in their life. It's sort of a puberty, like allegory. Um, parents don't know how to deal with mutant kids. Society doesn't know how to treat them. So he's trying his best to take in as many as he can educate them and, um, you know, help them develop their powers in a safe for society way. Um, And Magneto, well, Stryker wants to get Cerebro to kill off all mutants because his son was a mutant and Professor X couldn't fix him. And Magneto wants to get Cerebro to kill off all humans. (laughs) Um, So you have this like triangulation of motives here. I mean, I might be making it sound confusing. Um, And then there's, of course, like this origin story with Wolverine. Um, His uh, basically Stryker and created him in a lab. And so Wolverine's wanting to find out about his past because he's not he wasn't born a mutant like most um, like most of the characters we know. He was a created mutant and probably was a bad person. I mean, if we were to believe Stryker before he became Wolverine. Um, but yeah, I mean, is that am I leaving out key key details, or is that a good summary?
1: No, I mean that's yeah, it's good, and it makes for a, an amazing and a very interesting movie.
0: Yeah,
1: and and you know, the universe that that it's living within. So,
0: I, I I just think it's good that like I mean, Stryker is a little bit of like a uncomplicated villain. He's just like a bad dude who who hates his son and (laughs) is um is trying to like gain as much power as as he can so that but but the magneto professor x dynamic is much more interesting because matt you can see magnet you can see where magneto is coming from a lot of the time and they have respect for each other so it's like yes they're they're not just like like yeah, they're not just like faceless, like monster alien, you know, aliens coming to blow up the world. Like they're using the 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 stakes are really high because of this Cerebro device, but it all like makes a lot of sense that the characters would, you know, how each group of characters would be trying to, to use it or protect it or to um, keep other people from abusing it. So, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I thought the plot was really compelling by superhero movie standards. Usually as they go on, you're kind yeah. of like, okay, whatever. I don't really care about the villains. I just want to see the action sequences. I don't yeah. really care well, yeah, about what's I just what, want to see the next why. big fight. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was definitely better. Definitely a step above um, from that standpoint. What did you think though of some of like, there's the Nightcrawler sequence. There's the sequence where Striker um, um, has an assault team attack the uh, school. Um, then there's like the dam, the dam invasion sequence. I don't know what, what, have, what action scenes stuck out to you?
1: Well, the school sequence. So the school is Dr. Xavier's and yep. uh, most of the, the powerful X, well, the X-Men that are part of the, what the X-Men army do they, what what? I guess just part of the X-Men
0: yeah i, won't, I think they're just starting to like and... be called the x-men at this point in the, the movie yeah. franchise at least
1: which is cool to to kind of see like the beginning of the x-men and then you've got wolverine who comes in yeah and uh essentially has to keep watch over the kids right Yep. in this in these kids again are being you know they're outcasts, essentially, which is a big... I think that's why X-Men is so very popular, especially in, like, no offense if anybody's listening, but, like, the the geek and nerd, nerddom yeah. is because, you know, you can find yourself in some of these characters. Um, and anyway, in the school, you know, you have these mostly young, young kids, maybe some young adults. Um, but, yeah, that was cool. And shit gets pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, Some of the kids that don't know how to control their powers are using them. Right. Especially, what's his name, Pyro?
0: Yeah, Pyro, that's another sequence where they're at Bobby's house. Bobby is Iceman, or Ice, or his power is Ice, and Pyro, you know, there's some nice symmetry there, like the fire guy is like more of a hothead and the the cold <laughs> the ice man is, is more like shy and, and level-headed um, and trying to have a relationship with rogue, but they're not able to touch each other because she absorbs powers. Um, so, but yeah, pyro kind of goes off the deep end and, and, and blows up a bunch of cop cars when Bobby's brother, because his brother is, there's like all this mutant propaganda in the movie where he's sort of like on Reddit, uh, the equivalent of like a Reddit type website reading about how horrible mutants are. And so he calls the cops on his own brother and, yep. and then Pyro yeah. lights him up. Um, and later joins up yeah. with, with, um, Magneto and mystique, uh, in this movie. So we Boy kind of already know it's going there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plenty um, of spoilers. To answer, yeah. To answer your question, uh, I, I whenever they're showing these these young kids learning their powers and stuff, I thought that was cool. Uh, uh, action sequence wise, shit. I don't know. What 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 do you think? What's your what stands out as far as uh, uh, big this- action scenes and you know intensity and effects, or rather. Mutant powers, you
0: know, yeah. Exploring I mean, those mutant powers, like I said, the Nightcrawler one. I remember, like when I first saw it, like that was probably just something I hadn't seen on screen before, and it was such a like a interesting, um, interestingly designed character. That was really yeah, a great describe great open. Some of
1: the, describe some of like the uh, acrobatics, I want to call them, uh, that he does. You know. Disappearing and reappearing.
0: Yeah, it's basically like a tight quarters martial arts fight, but his power is um, to um, is is telepath not telepathy. Um, is that no? What is um, no? It's teleportation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. other telly um so he (laughs) he's he's just kind of like bouncing around the room like like going like only six feet away at a a time but like fighting he's able to fight you know a dozen secret service agents because he can just materialize right behind them flip um you know kick them do hit him with his like his pointy tail um he's got (laughs) this like yeah he's basically kind of a uh, we're introduced to him as uh, a really scary, you know, avatar for like why people are so afraid of mutants, and he like, um, mm-hmm. he like smiles at the president and, and embarrasses his, his teeth, and then you think he's about to stab him, but uh, he gets shot, so he uh, teleports away. Um, but it turns out that he was like misunderstood. He was. Trying to send a message, yeah. but also he was just maybe being mind controlled by Stryker. Um hmm. I don't think I don't think he actually had any control over those actions. I mean, he's definitely not like yeah, a pure hero. He's like says he's done a lot of bad things and he's he's carved up his skin um to repent for his sin. So he's got all these like yeah um etchings into his blue flesh um that are like religious um mark of religious symbology and stuff so he's a super cool character um one thing about the action you mentioned like it is taking itself very seriously and gritty but i thought it was so funny that it's a huge moment when um striker invades the school and all these kids are in like mortal danger wolverine is there but a lot of the other adults in the room are off on a separate mission so like storm and gene like they're actually not there at the time right um yeah, so wolverine yeah. is kind of the main person to protect them and he straight up like um impales one of the 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 um the uh, the attackers <laughs> with his claws and there's no blood in this movie um it's almost right, like pg-13 yeah there's no blood but there is like so much fucking blue full frontal, <laughs> and just uh, like well, lingering yeah. just shots. No nipples, though. <laughs> yeah, but like, what a technicality that Rebecca Remain Stamos um, or Rebecca Remain at the time. I don't, I don't know. Like, basically, a super a supermodel is just naked and painted blue for the. She's the the second in command for the bad guys, so she's in a lot of scenes, and whenever she's in mystique makeup, um, which is really cool, and obviously, I remember how big of a deal it was at the time for, for many reasons, but um there's no denying like some of the low angle shots of her butt. And like, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the fact that they can have that, but they can't show like blood when Wolverine's claws go into, you know, bad guy after bad guy and he's flinging them around the room <laughs> is a little silly.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Um,
0: but we get all of that with Deadpool later. And I think, Deadpool three, which is coming out a year from now or something, that's going to bring. Well, Wolverine...
1: a year from present day, uh, twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, a year from present day. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. Is going to bring Wolverine into the Deadpool, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine into the Deadpool universe.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, God, you know, there's been plenty of people that have reviewed this movie, explained it. Um, yeah. We're absolutely cl- glossing. We haven't even talked about Mystique, really.
0: No, other um, than her body, her, um, her
1: well, yeah. and, and her part in the film and what her power is. Her power is incredibly crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, she can yeah. turn into anybody that she's that she knows or has seen.
0: I, I think she has to have seen them because she like turns ed- into the um the cleaner. From the office when she's stealing some files and yeah. everyone she's, I, I my favorite part of her um, plotline and I don't mean to, um, it's an inter- integral character to the story. Like it's it's and it's a meaty part. <laughs> like so, it's she's not just there for eye candy, but it's undeniable no. that that that's a co- aspect of it. Um, but the way yeah the effect of her makeup, um, compared to like when Colossus like for one second turns into a metal metal man when her blue makeup um, covers up like uh, either when she goes from human looking to blue or vice versa, that transition is like really slick and holds up perfectly well.
1: Yes. I actually did not, you know, when I watch these films, as we've discussed before, I'm just wondering like how do they do, how they're doing it, you know, practical effects, digital effects, CGI, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah and yeah I I totally agree. Um, it still sticks it, or it's still is solid.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, it was just kind of like where they wanted to allocate their resources. Like she's a main character, so they put a lot. Of, like yeah. they probably spent so much time putting her in actual makeup, and then they spent more money and time on the computer enhancements of the transitions and stuff with her character versus something that's just like in the background of one scene that um. That you know is is less important to the the movie, but but yeah, I thought I thought her character was really cool. I thought Magneto, um, I thought how they broke him out. So this is related to her, but how they break him out of the you know when they they have Magneto in this like glass bubble, basically glass, well, glass
1: plastic. Yeah, something there with there's no there isn't metal around, so anybody that's so. Boiler alert! Magneto can. Uh, utilize metal
0: yeah um he can
1: manipulate metal
0: yeah exactly if 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 anybody didn't didn't know that by now and it's not like uh, it only takes the tiniest amount of metal for him to like just a tiny tiny bit complete havoc but what i loved was the sequence where she um she like um seduces this dude at a bar who who is the security officer for magneto's um you know he's the main security officer that has access to magneto and i thought she was just obviously you think she's just gonna um take his shape but yeah she goes it's 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 way more clever than that she gets him into the bathroom drugs him and um and then injects him with iron so yeah, it's he fucking is, nuts yeah it it's, was really yeah, cool it was
1: very creative.
0: yeah so when he goes in to check on magneto magneto pulls all the iron out of his his and flesh. magneto
1: can sense that yeah. there's something in him and because mystique has not been able to tell him so I he has not this,
0: but yeah. this
1: this uh metal sense
0: right yeah
1: he probably likes metal music too
0: um, probably um, opposed to like yeah, classical for continue. for Xavier, yeah. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I these are just all well, little how, examples. Explain,
1: explain that kill.
0: Well, uh, it's another. It's 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 real. I'm trying to picture it in my head without how it would how they can do it without it really being gory at all. So like he pulls, the yeah. the like it's almost like pulling sweat or evaporated you know liquid metal out of someone's body. And then I think he just collapses. So it's done in a, again, in a bloodless way, but then Magneto is able to like blow everything up and escape out of the, the prison and, um, and then kind of confront all the main X-Men heroes. But for a while, they're working together to stop Striker, or at least, you know, we kind of, we know that he's probably up to something, but it seems for a minute, like, Magneto and the um, and the rest of the the X Men, it seems like their interests are aligned. Yeah, Um, and also
1: while we're on Stryker, really quickly, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm pulling out a comic book out of my back pocket, Uh, and I want to, dude, Stryker's character in the comic books is just very interesting. So basic, but. It's it's incredible how he can be such a powerful character in a wild uh, mutant universe.
0: Yeah, and he he is basically willing to compromise, like you know, to sacrifice people to he enlists. Kind of, well, he created Wolverine, and I guess when he couldn't get when Wolverine escaped or like didn't, you he didn't have the mind control powers over him. He um he creates another one of uh, a female version, more or less of Wolverine with like little smaller knives that come out of her fingertips. Um, so like a combination Wolverine Catwoman, um, and that's a crazy fight when Wolverine and her fight, um, I don't know what that character's actual name is, but, but yeah, what's, what's really weird, um, coming from the future and watching this movie is that I don't think you watch, um, this show, but one of the most popular shows on TV for the last four years is, is Succession. And Brian Cox plays the main character in Succession, um, Logan Roy. So seeing now he's like got such a like reputation for playing this like powerful media mogul and head of uh, a of like the most um scrupulous family in and, and just kind of like um, in the show's universe and seeing him with this like facial hair and just a different hair. It's just like really weird seeing him 20 years earlier now that I've spent so many hours watching succession. But so I'm sure if yeah people that are into succession, go back and watch this movie, they'll be like, <laughs> it is weird seeing Logan Roy playing the character, <laughs> but he plays a great villain um, in both in both things. So uh, there is that overlap. Couple characters we haven't hit on. I mean, Jean Grey is one of the most powerful Wait, mutant. Hit on, okay, yeah, so hit, on. hit on Yeah, we're gonna hit on him in a minute, but uh, we've hit on Mystique uh, enough. Um, yeah, Jean Jean Grey Jean is super Grey powerful.
1: Dating Cyclops,
0: yes, or uh,
1: married. I don't know, but yeah, Jean Grey, go for it. Let's let's give the audience this Jean Grey characters. Explanations.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, she's an interesting character because her power is um what I said earlier, telekinesis. But telekinesis, so is so is Professor X's. Like a lot of characters have, it's it's almost a level of like magnitude. We do get a good flashback scene, and I think this was actually in the the next movie where we meet yeah. um, the the two. We meet Magneto and Professor X when they're still partners. Um, uh, they when they go to the house of a young Jean Grey and she just like lifts all the cars and stuff up as a eight year old, so like yeah she's probably always without been, any answer yeah always been maybe the most powerful mutant, um, but in this movie she's kind of like I think she's struggling to come back from the events of the first X Men movie so she is her powers are coming and going she has this sort of love triangle subplot with Wolverine and um, Cyclops Cyclops is is not a very likable character in this so I mean it's not really a fair fight
1: and he's not really in it for the film for that long
0: no Um,
1: but I bet there's so much fan fiction about this this trio
0: (laughs) yeah well and they also implied that Wolverine hooked up with Mystique did you catch that in the when she snuck into his tent
1: yeah. And she was, she, uh, Mystique made herself look like Kachin Gray and then yep. she also made herself look like Rogue, right?
0: Yeah. Creepy. Um, yeah. Cause, yeah. cause Wolverine and Rogue have this like father caring for, you know, daughter. Lost, yeah. yeah a, a, you know, last of us basically. Um, yeah. Well, lone cub, but, so uh, we uh, this is the big we haven't even really spoiled anything important there's a huge spoiler I who cares this movie's 20 years old but and yeah. and they undermine the spoiler but the way the movie treats this character the main character's death is a big deal so yeah what did you think when when Jean Grey sacrificed herself like did that land for you or was it kind of cheesy
1: uh when i first saw it in 2003, yeah. or whenever I, I first saw it. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, yes, because then you've got, you know, the emotions running with Cyclops, Wolverine, the X Men in general, this character that's scarred, like you yeah. said, from the first film. Uh, uh, but re watching it in, when we traveled back in time to watch it. um, <laughs> it didn't hit as hard as when I was younger, but uh, yeah. And also while we're on Jean Grey, man, like the comic book art for Trey, fuck her. It's so badass. She's one of the most beautiful and like intricately designed characters, even though it's basically a woman in a suit that has an X over her breasts uh-huh <laughs> the anyway uh so i just i have a whenever i see gene gray on in you know live action i kind of think you know in the back head the the comic book character and same with wolverine but yeah i'm not really answering your question what do you think about that
0: I, I mean i thought the way i thought the movie treated it like a monumental thing i mean it's it's far yeah. so much as they only have like 20 minutes left in the movie and they have to kind of wrap things up but um Uh, cyclops goes into mourning basically and and can't really you know function he's just like completely broken by it wolverine is obvious i mean everyone is 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 grieving um but they also have to continue saving the world um yeah so i thought that, that was the climax of the movie but then what's weird is there's like still 30 40 30 or 40 minutes left in the movie after the dam. So the dam explodes. She sacrifices herself to basically kind of like um, hold back the water as long as she can so their jet can escape. And the only way, you know, for her to do that is to get outside of the jet, whatever. I, I guess it makes sense. And um, and they all try. What's What's so funny about that scene, though, to me is like I get why they're heroes and they have to do everything they can to stop her from sacrificing herself. But like, then they just all die (laughs) if they succeed in stopping her. So like, I know they're not acting rational in the moment because their loved one is about to die. But like, I don't know. I almost was, it was hard for me to turn off my rational brain and be like, okay, so you're going to get her to, to stop so that you can all just die right away. (laughs) So yeah. that was the only thing that that undercut it a little bit for me, but I don't know. And then, of course, we already know she's going to be back. We even know by the end of the movie, she's like talking There's gonna be through the water, one. like her voice. Yeah. I think comes. She talks about like uh, evolution, or you know, sometimes evolution skips a, uh, hundreds of years at a time. It usually takes forever. But so they're implying that she's just going to like come back as a way of more evolved creature. Um, lastly on Phoenix. Um Ooh. the, I don't think people are ever in love with, uh, I think it's Famke Jensen who, who plays Jean Grey in this first series of movies. And then I'm not even sure if they switched actors at any point, but people have, I think not been in love with the performance. And then they've definitely not been in love with the story arc of her character on in these movies. So I just want to acknowledge that even though Jean Grey is like one of the foundational characters of the franchise, they kill her off in the second movie. And then they, every time they make her a bigger character, they kind of um, bungle the execution of it, unfortunately. Um, So maybe we'll see a better Jean Grey someday.
1: Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, um okay uh, are we okay yeah are we forgetting any other characters yeah
0: let's I, I, I the last thing i wanted to talk about in terms of like the production of of the movie is what oh rogue come on well yeah just I mean,
1: really quick anna pack how do you pronounce her last name paquin paquin yep. uh that's all we got to say about rogue uh <laughs> radical fucking radical
0: uh I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Jamie, about her relationship with X-Men. And I think like for teenage um teenagers and teenage girls, especially growing up on X-Men comics and the TV show, like Rogue was of course the character they related to much mo- most. And Jamie was saying how it was really unfortunate how Rogue gets sidelined in a lot of the movies. I think in this movie, I mean, she's just barely figuring out her powers. Um and then in the third movie, she is like the main character that is most wanting to take the cure and get rid of her powers. So right. I think I think some fans were frustrated with like Rogue's arc as well. But Anna Paquin was a perfect was perfect casting, um, and her relationship with Wolverine is kind of like the emotional center of yeah. of yep. these movies. I feel like, yeah. Um and she gets some, she she gets some heroic moments so in this radical. movie too. She she flies the jet as best she can yep. without any practice. She I <laughs> think channels somebody's powers to save the jet from crashing. No, wait. It seemed like she was saving the jet, but it was actually Magneto controlling it. But she does get she does have moments in this movie for sure. It's just it's it's a really tricky character, like her power is to take other people's powers. So uh, yeah, they've always had trouble um, figuring out the balance there.
1: Yeah. Their description of her character. uh, I just split really quickly to a comic book shop that has a a thesaurus on X-Men and it says uh, super strength flight, and she was nearly invulnerable to poisons and physical trauma, which I think the physical trauma part's why she's such a hardcore babe. Um, and inherited a seventh sense that she's can't quite figure out. So that kind of makes sense that she might yep. be able to get get other characters' powers or help them use them.
0: Yeah, and I'm mostly speaking like how it's portrayed in the movies. I I mean, yeah, I bet there's a lot more. Um, oh well, yeah. A lot Sorry, more I'm to her getting
1: Stuck into the lore after I picked this uh, X Men book up.
0: Yeah, Damn. that's great. I mean, I think that is that is the problem with all of these, or like one of the biggest challenges of all of these movies is pleasing, you know, all the whole range of viewers. Like these are meant to be blockbuster um, movies that appeal to all audiences and to. To satisfy the people that are hardcore fans and the people that are casual fans is almost impossible. Um, but I think this this franchise has done it about at least the early part of this franchise. Um, there are so many more movies that are all over the place. They come later um, from the X-Men universe. but early on, I think they they were balancing that about as as well as we've ever seen. We're not doing rank the blank this week, but we are doing um our segment that we love called Choose Your Character. Derek, um, you you had an interesting spin on this that we could do. Um, typically, what we do is kind of like treat it like you mentioned, like if you're going into an arcade and there's an X-Men video game, which there certainly was and has been many. Um, which character would you want to play with and why? For But do you want to do that or do you want to do your other idea?
1: Oh, no, no. no. Let's do that one. (laughs) So uh, I was reading a book the other day, and uh, it's a book about if this or if that kind of questions. And the person that I was uh, sitting next to at at a bar had mentioned that if they could, if the question is, if you could have an intimate relationship with a fictional character, who would it be? And it was Jean Grey.
0: Uh, Can you move your I think we m- should do microphone back to your mouth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, which was interesting because you didn't even prompt the- that. That had nothing to do with X Men. They just picked out yeah, of the exactly. entire entire yes. world of of fictional characters. They picked Jean Grey. So. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're not going to do that, but that could still be a component of why you would select one of these characters as playable (laughs) we've literally not mentioned aside from the poster storm and I don't even think that's an accident. Halle Berry her, her performance is weird in this movie. The character is hard to kind of like fit in to the rest of the group. Like from a power standpoint, I feel like, I don't know. I just didn't do much in this movie.
1: Yeah, not. Yeah. She didn't do very much. Um, she would the the plane a lot.
0: She creates it like when they first track down Nightcrawler to question him. She's Jean Grey is like, oh, "Are shuckers. you getting bored yet?" And Storm's like, "Yeah, let's let's do this." And she like creates a storm to knock him off of a knock him off of a pillar on the ceiling when like he can still transport. So that just made no sense. And then <laughs> she creates a storm later. Oh, maybe to like make it hard for Magneto to leave or something. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's like a one of the coolest characters in concept, but not not much to do in at least X2. Um, so I'm not picking her, but I thought we... like She's a core member, so I thought we had to at least... Yeah, we, her. we
1: absolutely... Yeah, I'm glad you did that.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, we've hit on most of the other ones, but this you could go with an important character. You could go with a, a much more of a secondary character? You've got lots of options here. Who Who are you thinking?
1: So we're talking about characters from the movie? Yes. Uh, yeah, so...
0: Yeah, so Gambit is out.
1: Honestly, well... <laughs> yeah, Gambit's out. Uh, dude, I really like Rogue. I've always really liked Rogue. Um, she's always looked really cool in the comic books. She looks really awesome in this film. Uh, I know she doesn't do that much, uh, but I do like this like angsty I'm a mutant in this world that hates mutants, and I don't want to be a mutant anymore. And then yeah. she's kind of struggling with that, but when she needs her powers, they come in handy. So it's kind of just like this torn between two different worlds, and that's why uh, I wouldn't necessarily play her in a video game. I'd choose Wolverine, but yeah, if I wanted to be the character uh, in this universe, well, there's better, there are better characters that would have oh, a better, better, uh, you know, way way to exist and happiness. But uh, I'm, I'm choosing Rogue. I like her her issues.
0: Yes, no, I, I I mean, she's like one of the most relatable characters. I think that's like a good reason to go in that direction. Uh yeah, I was you already mentioned it. I was gonna say like if we're just purely going with the video game analogy and you want to fucking um rip shit up and, and, and play a Wolverine. like side scroller um uh fighting game then yeah it's obviously Wolverine. I'm I'm gonna but I'm gonna go yeah. with Mystique because um yeah. we there's a there's an action sequence when they're invading the um the dam facility where where striker like strikers rebuilt his own cerebro there um so they're the the x-men are breaking in to um to shut that down but so they're teamed up with the with the villains at this point and she takes on the likeness of wolverine so one i'm basically getting all the characters (laughs) um yeah two
1: yeah I didn't even think
0: about that. She displays like a lot of really cool martial arts and fighting skills. She does like this backward slide through a closing door, which is badass. Um, She's able to use her powers of like, um, I don't want to just say seduction, but she's able to like use other non brute force. Coercion tactics like she does in the bar sure. versus Wolverines, a kind of a one note, <laughs> um, um, destructive brute. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I feel like she's the full package, obviously, um, a bombshell <laughs> physically. And, uh, but I don't think it was like a shallow performance or a shallow character. Um, as we mentioned earlier, I think it's actually easy to focus on, um, uh, her physical attributes because they're on full display but I think it's a I think it's a good character in the in the movie nice I yeah. like that all right so that is it for choose your character thank you again 1 800 cable for fake sponsoring us let's go into uh wrap-up mode did this movie get good reviews good buzz at the time Derek do you have any chance to look into that yet
1: I am grabbing the paper on the floor that I picked up earlier and I'm looking at it um, yeah critics and fans like liked it right
0: y- yeah, yeah, yeah. A,
1: can you read this I'm, I, can you read this paper that I'm showing you what does it say
0: uh, it says it got really good reviews. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. um I try not to boil things down to like uh the tomato count or whatnot, but like by modern and at the time superhero standards, I think this was just like a really entertaining movie that a lot of people a lot of people loved. Like, you know, I'm sure there were critical the like super fans that we referred to, I'm sure there were plenty of things for them oh, to be yeah. critical about. But This was also probably like a more, I don't know. I'd like to think it was a less like hostile internet culture time period because, um, there were fewer, um, sub subreddits around like, uh, subreddits and sub, you know, and Twitter wasn't a thing yet. So I bet I would assume it was a little less, less toxic online at the time.
1: Yeah. And I'll just read a couple of reviews that are here in this paper. Um, Um, One that I truly agree with is that uh, this is from uh, a critic. Anyway, the review is, it still feels like a prologue. No matter how much goes on, you feel like nothing has happened. And I agree with it, (laughs) which I think some people would be, you know, well, some people had issues, especially this person. Yep uh because it, it lends itself to another film which is awesome but really i mean what was the point of the movie um, well aside uh, from introducing characters and saving the school and just, I don't, you know opening up the universe and, and i guess getting humans to accept mutants as acceptable people to you know be able to belong in society
0: well, we, we we talked about the action climax, which is Jean Gray sacrificing herself. But then yeah. where the movie goes on for another like it's a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Um I yeah. hate focusing on length, but the pacing, but it it's it can be an issue when the pacing of the movie, like it feels like that was the climax. And then the the actual ending of the movie, which we haven't even talked about, is just them flying to Washington, DC to get to coerce the president into like saying nice things about mutants. Like they have yeah. files yeah. that from Stryker that like he doesn't question. I mean, what it's a very like convenient, tidy solution at the end of the movie. And, and basically, what was the thing I liked about it is that the president was always conflicted. He was never like, like fully against. Yeah, uh, he, wasn't to,
1: he wasn't a villain per se. No, anyway,
0: not at yeah. all. But he was surrounded by villains that were manipulating him, or at least, you know, Stryker, yeah. a very powerful person was manipulating him and kind of forcing his hand. And so the president is open to listening to Professor X, and he also has, you know, whatever evidence is in the blue folder um, about Stryker. So the president then changes like his speech. I, he was about to give a speech, I think, saying that, you know, something that was going to... um uh, amp up the war against mutants and he goes in the other direction and then the movie kind of uh, this is a middle movie I think they always knew they were going to make a third one so to that critics point it you can sense that if you want to next week's movie is a way more extreme example of that of middle movie syndrome um, yeah. so we'll talk about let's that let's
1: not go there just yeah let's you know, not go there that, just yeah I got yeah. I have one review that you're gonna love or okay. rather, have something to say about, about to talk about or have issues with. Uh, X-Men 2 remains a decent enough sci-fi effort, which <laughs> delivers on most of the levels fans could expect. Too bad it's hampered by a plot that wouldn't get greenlit for an average episode of Buffy.
0: Oh! <laughs> that is offensive <laughs> on many levels. Um, I mean... <laughs> I, I you could I feel like that's just in the eye of the beholder. like do you want uh, the plot yes. to be more complicated than it is? Like the production and the characters and all everything going on is is complicated enough or like diverse enough to where all I care about with the plot is that they're real stakes and I know like why they matter to the characters. And so I felt like that was the case here. Like that's the bar for superhero movies. Like, are these is this like a relatable conflict? And yeah. I th- I thought it was.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then the last one I wanted to to read off is um uh, it again, it kind of boil it, it relates to what have been saying. It it does more than any other live action superhero film, hero film to convey the sheer wonder of superpowers. So oh. It's this, yeah. A lot of reviews are, you know, talking about the story lacking, or rather, the plot and where where the movie goes. But, yeah, yeah. it was. A, so, um, uh, how how is the box office for this film now?
0: Huge, um, huge. Just as a refresher, like the types of movies we've been watching. Like last week, Identity made sixteen million as the number one movie. Um, holes, you know, in the, let's see, what was Holes back when we watched that? Um, uh, holes, I think, was Reef. actually also 16 million coincidentally. So oh, this is yeah. by far the biggest movie uh, opening weekend oh, of, of, right. of so, a movie yeah. we've watched. Yeah. So 85 million. <laughs> um, the number two movie, Lizzie McGuire, made 17 million, which is a respectable <laughs> debut. Which is, a,
1: yeah. And that's what, number two? yeah yeah
0: um
1: and so for 2003
0: yeah x2 is made it's it's on track already to make more you know to be um more popular than the first x-men movie so like no superhero fatigue at this point in 2003 people word of mouth is good enough to where it's probably gonna um continue making good money for for weeks to come so huge huge hit although it has some stiff competition <laughs> <laughs> on the horizon, which we'll talk about another another teaser for next week.
1: All right. And then what do we think? Is this 2003 Men movie uh, a new release? So would you recommend your friends re-watch it or watch it for the first time? Or is it old news? Should they stray away from it and watch the Avengers movies?
0: Yes. Well, if you put it that way, I, I mean, it's more should they answer. watch Lizzie McGuire? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's this is this is really tough. I I I'm gonna reiterate what I said earlier. If you have nostalgia for early aughts, like this very specific time in superhero history, modern like superhero cinema, Spider Man, X Men, the debuts of those two early two thousands franchises then I think this is very satisfying. If you are still kind of like full all in on Marvel, then I don't know, maybe this is just like less impactful. But for me, I would say it was a new release, like a new release in compared to other superhero movies of, of modern times. All right. What about you?
1: Well, I, I would say uh, it is a new release. However, I just watched the first 45 minutes five times (laughs) because the first five minutes is what I remember watching when my friend had it on repeat. Um, And that first 45 minutes is amazing. You see the school, you see, you know, introduction of characters and, but it does drag on. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to reiterate what you just said, but I agree with what you just said. So if you're, if you're a fan of X-Men, well, you obviously have already seen it and you're probably not listening to this podcast. If you are, well then do you care about our podcast. Yeah. And uh superhero movies. Yes, watch it. Um
0: Yeah.
1: For fans of, you know, intense dramas and indie films, no. But I think that's a given.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's still very much a big budget, polished superhero movie with uh, unnecessary fluff and padding and yeah like it doesn't need to be this long i don't know if you noticed like weird cuts that didn't really make sense i might have written down an example but like um, yes
1: i i didn't write it down any examples but it absolutely could have been like a four hour film which is weird
0: yeah like something intense would be happening, and then they would just cut away. Like it was a commercial break, but it would go to another scene. Maybe they were running out of money or something. I think it was a choppy. I mean, based on a little bit of research, they rewrote it 150 times. So okay. <laughs> I think okay. there was some production choppiness. Um, yeah. And editing, to yeah. extreme ed- ed- edits that needed to be made in post. Hmm. There was something that was like just. I forget again what it, what it was, but it was like clearly that they, they were supposed to be more backstory <laughs> about like just within a scene. I, I, I wish I could remember, but but yeah, it's, it seems like they they trimmed it down, but in a few weird ways. Um, and then they didn't, they could have just trimmed it more probably to, to make it a more propulsive experience, but new enough yeah. of a release for us is the consensus. All
1: right. All right. Well, uh, each week when we watch a movie, we give it a scale. And yep. since we're in 2003, we've decided on a scale of 0 to 103. So what are we going to give this movie? We've got uh, one of the first films we watched, City of God, and we give that 55 out of 103. Uh, but one of our highest uh, 2003 films is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days at 98. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was the high uh, one. Yeah, what do we think this? How, how do we feel X two X Men United falls on our scale of zero to one hundred
0: and three? I think it's I think it's in the eighties, if not the nineties, because just looking at the ranges we have here, like this one, it doesn't feel like a nineties movie in the way that um, old school. I mean, a a two. An early aughts movie. I did what you always do, and I and I I get mad at you. Um, <laughs> you always call it a nineties movie when we're in the aughts, but um, <laughs> it doesn't have like the like some of the like bad kind of like um, I, I don't even know like the tone of a of a early aughts movie necessarily because it's a superhero dialogue movie.
1: Dialogue Yeah, kind of like characters that are uh, actors that are kind of bad
0: i mean you know. and we're and we're still seeing so many superhero movies yeah exactly i mean you just you you just helped um explain some of the the things i'm thinking about but like yeah it doesn't have the which would give it a higher score <laughs> yeah but like also it, it does like all the actors just the this early wave of of superhero content i guess because it's it stayed so popular, not specifically this movie, but this type of superhero ensemble movie. That almost makes it feel less early aughts because we still we get movies like this all the time. Still, um,
1: yeah. I use so yeah. You maybe it's in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, what do we? We've got holes seventy two, identity seventy nine. Yeah, there, I mean this this isn't screaming two thousand three at all. Not even a, a C grade. Okay, um, okay, but let's give it a low seventy-one.
0: Okay, yeah, that works. Um, as we talked it through, I I was trending trending downward. So, um, yeah. all right, what else?
1: All right. Well, also each week we pick something from the movie that we sell in our new release gift shop, and the proceeds go to <laughs> Drew, Ashley, and myself. Uh, but we put it right back into the podcast to give you yep. this extremely high quality hey, uh, podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know what that was, but um, I like it. And um, yeah. the clean energy fuel that we're using because we're very green on the new release podcast that cost a lot of money to produce for all this time travel. So, And we've been popping back and forth. From two thousand three to two thousand twenty three, more this year. So, make sure for your to ear, visit
1: for your Audio Pleasure.
0: Make sure to visit yeah. the new oh, release yeah. gift shop. Yeah, yeah. But what are we putting in there uh, this week?
1: am I didn't even. I don't know what do you, what comes to mind. I haven't thought about this at all.
0: Um, some kind of mutation uh, <laughs> serum. Well, yeah. I mean, like. Yeah uh some way to turn yourself into an X-Men would be cool. Like in the third movie, they invent a cure. Um the third movie is so cheesy by even comparison to this one. But um so maybe the reverse of that, like make everyone a mutant. Um but should it be like I don't know if we can unleash like unlimited powers on the world. So maybe could just like make you grow an extra finger or something or like something.
1: Oh, I've got, I've got an idea. So, um, how about, well, I mean, this is going to cost us more money to create because it's going to, there's going to be a variety pack. Well, (laughs) you could buy a variety pack. So, uh, we sell superpowers, Mutant hmm. powers, mm-hmm. but they only last for as long, you know, fifteen minutes, or as long as it's a candy that you eat. So it's like um, a bag of
0: Skittles, superpower except candy. It's
1: new release, new release, uh, hand candy. I don't know, new release candy, and each each piece of candy gives you a different superpower for about fifteen minutes, or or as long as it uh is being digested.
0: What if it just turned your skin a different color?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So
0: Would uh, you eat that?
1: Blue Mystique Berry? Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, blue beast berry. <laughs> There's a lot of blue characters. Blue nightcrawler?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, blue nightcrawler. Uh you've got to go yellow over Yeah. Because his, his, yeah. Um uh, and then If you're lucky, you get a bald Doctor Xavier.
0: Oh, or no, yeah, in a rogue hair pill that'll give you a awesome hair streak.
1: Yep, white hair streak. All right,
0: we're we're mostly selling, you know, for FDA reasons. Like this is mostly a cosmetic, um, uh, cosmetic transformation. You won't, you know, be able to cause any any extreme harm or damage to other humans or yourself Correct. ideally. Um, right. But you will have a physical change that's very noticeable. <laughs> we promise if you eat this candy, <laughs> um, you won't be able to miss it. It might, may or may not be temporary. We don't know how long it lasts. We're still yeah. ironing out the details. Um, and this does not infringe on the compound V from the boys. Cause that sounded more like <laughs> what you were first describing where they sell like, they you, you can get like illegal drugs on the black market to turn to gain superpowers um so this right, is just right, cosmetic yeah. uh superficial okay. change um, which is fun you can yeah be blue for you a can day grow or blocks out
1: of your your genitals
0: yeah yeah that's uh, not painful or um dangerous at all so yeah tbd <laughs> okay uh, cool all right well that's that's pretty much right. it yeah, except for next week, can I talk about it now?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's. All let's, right. Yeah. It's it summer,
0: up. sort of summer sequel season. Um, we we're watching sort of the, season. The second movie in one of the most you know famous action franchises of all time. We already watched John Wick four, but this is um, the follow up to. Keanu Reeves much well his breakout action role the matrix which we did for the podcast um, the original and we might have even done the the fourth one that came out a couple years ago so we're working our way through the matrix series but we have the matrix reloaded um, next week and um, it's crazy that these two movies came out back-to-back weekends that seems like an act like poor planning on someone's part
1: yeah yes well more intentional
0: yeah i mean good for us and um, we get more <laughs> exciting action at the cinema two weeks in a row but uh, that and might I have- actually
1: think i remember when i watched x x2 the first mm-hmm. time i think uh we bought tickets to go see matrix reloaded and uh then we snuck in before you know you're supposed to leave the theater
0: yeah. Oh, and, like yeah, after the did. movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we did a double feature with one ticket.
0: I think that's. I I fully endorse that kind of behavior. So. Oh yeah. Um, if you're committed your kid, to spend five hours in in the cinema, then then go for it. Um. There's nothing else to do when you're a kid during yeah. the summer. Okay. All um, right. So that's Let's, that's next uh, week. The Matrix Reloaded. All right. Um. And well, you don't need to play it, the trailer um no we'll we'll play the trailer wait do we normally play the trailer here
1: yeah we do but we don't need to play it
0: okay we'll skip that um if you want to listen to our discussion of the matrix reloaded and then some finales for some iconic tv shows that may have been mentioned earlier today um or see what all is happening all through the summer, all through 2003, then you should subscribe to New Release by searching the name of the podcast, New Release, in Spotify or Apple or on any other podcast platform. Derek? That's
1: uh, Mutant rap. Okay. Yeah, that, was, that was really good.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Whoops. I don't know how that happened. At least
0: we're recording. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, Anyway, like I was saying, if you hear this, everybody uh, that's ever been a fan of Marvel movies, specifically X Men, will know hands down that this song absolutely is part of the film. It's just such a distinct song that
0: reminds us all of X Men. It's up to being sarcastic or not, but... Not. <laughs> the music was horrible. I will say that. And there really wasn't that much. It's, it's like you don't even notice it. I mean, yeah. Which is... Not usually what you're going for.